true that uh, as you think, so you are, and thinking appropriately about yourself as a Christian is essential if you're going to be what God wants you to be. Right thinking about God exists for the sake of right feelings for God. In that order. Logic exists for the sake of love. Reasoning exists for the sake of rejoicing. Doctrine exists for the sake of delight. Knowing the truth is the basis of admiring the truth. Both thinking and feeling are essential. They are not coordinate. All right, Dive Deep listeners. This is Dive Deep with George and... Lance, Lance down there at the Sorry, end of the I was table. looking at hey, the, the we, Yes, we have a bigger <laughs> audio or a bigger uh, show tonight. As That's you can right. see, we That's have right. some guests in studio with us. And tonight yes. I'm just gonna let them introduce themselves. Oh, hi. <laughs> I am uh Sarah Phelps, this guy's wife over here. That is right. Yes. I'm Reagan Kilman and my husband's on a rig somewhere. So I'm his wife. He's, he's, <laughs> when she said rig, that means for those that don't understand that, that's an oil rig. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah. somewhere deep in the heart of Oklahoma. Well, we're here tonight. We're going to be talking about a very important topic, the roles of women and men uh, in right. a relationship right. and marriage. And this is going to be, uh, we realized this, and this is the reason we brought in our guests, our, our ladies, because we needed this perspective, I believe. To cover this appropriately, um, so we are we're gonna we're gonna dive into this, but I want to make a few disclaimers before we start because in my in the in my history, I don't know how it is with you, Lance. Whenever we talk about in the Christian circles of of, of marriage and relationship, sometimes there's a pie in the sky type of discussion. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think yeah. sometimes the audience comes away with with feeling G. How can I ever live up yeah, to that? Exactly. You know it's saying? like, oh my goodness! Uh-huh. Now, absolutely insane yeah. uh, standards that you see. You're just like, man, right? What? what I, well, I guess my marriage is ruined. No matter exactly. what. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember once hearing about uh, uh, was was it Wesley's uh, wife? I believe in they had no. It was her mom, uh, Wesley's mom, who had all these children, right? And she oh, was John such Wesley. A, yes, and was such a godly the lady. Heretic. Yeah, but in the end, you found out. <laughs> no, in I'm joking. End, I'm joking. In the end, you found out she had a nurse, a nanny, right? So offloaded all the pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. So and then all the women like breathe the collective sigh of relief, like, oh, well, no wonder. She yeah, had a, she <laughs> no had a wonder. servant. Okay. So here we are. Got we're going to talk servant. about this, and we want to. We want our listening audience to. To we want to be down in a real zone. Okay. And the disclaimers here is that this is a very explosive topic topic for some okay right right it's laden with imperfection as we are people of god yeah we are going to talk about a perfect we believe the perfect system in marriage the way the roles that god has laid out for men and women mm-hmm. but the church oftentimes we fail in it. Mm-hmm. And we want to point out that the perfect system we're talking about is not a perfect system in that, hey, somebody you know on earth has come to put together this, this self-help book effectively. It's not right. like a self-help book. When you think perfect system, you're thinking, okay, now we need to conform to this system and then everything's going to be okay. The, and the way your mind works is that that is something outside of yourself. But no, what we're talking about is 
from a biblical standpoint, the way that God actually designed us to work. So in other words, it's like saying, well, this is how you're supposed to do work a car. You're supposed to drive it. You're not supposed to use it as a boat. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the Bible is not is not actually giving us something that is is just completely off the wall, distant from us. This is something that if we are to adhere to, we find, wow, driving the car really does work right. instead of just <clears throat> instead of using see. it as a float. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not a system, it's a relationship. Because we as people of God, we have the living God in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have the, the living God who designed the very thing we're talking about. Right. And right. who can take us by the hand, by the heart, and walk us through the difficult times. That is you right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So the disclaimers are none of us at this table are perfect. We've it, came well, we've come know. from yeah. some well, except Lance. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, but we need that person. I'm not that, perfect. Yeah, I can't say that. Him, I wouldn't be perfect. We need him to fill in, you know, from the perfect side, because that's important too. But we all are flawed in some way. We all have stories of failure. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all have yeah. missed the mark. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the thing that we all got in common is that we have something called grace. Yeah. We have yeah. Jesus Christ, the Savior, right? Mm-hmm. Who's given us a word that we can conform ourselves to. That's right. And that we can be better for it tomorrow mm-hmm. or at least even next minute. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the disclaimer is we're not perfect here. Uh, I, I speak from experience. Uh, I'm going to be speaking from from a, a tragic uh, ending of a marriage. Um, so some of this stuff will be very close to home. And some of the things that I need to look at is to say, okay, we're going to look at the rules of marriage from the biblical perspective with the eyes of diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we're going to diagnose what's wrong, maybe with us individually, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that the mistakes and things that we've sowed in the past, we don't have to repeat in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's the essence of being uh, being in in the gospel, mm-hmm. so to say. Right, right. So why don't you introduce the topic tonight a little a little more thorough? Okay, so us. what we're talking about tonight um, is in the theological circles is known as complementarianism. And complementarianism, of course, has many different stripes. It has many different uh, flavors to it. There's hard complementarianism, there's soft complementarianism, and then there's egalitarianism, which means no complementarianism. But complementarianism is this idea that when we were created, we were created with a complement. So we're not talking about compliments in the sense that, you know, I'm going to say, lovey, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. That's a compliment. But Mm -hmm. then if she was to say, and you're the most handsome husband I've ever seen, then that would be a compliment my compliment that would be you know sort of a uh that, that would fit together effectively and that's exactly the way that we as human beings were designed we were designed with two parts we were designed with but we were designed male and female and these male and female uh you know the, our male and female-ness fit together perfectly in a complementary fashion now i'm not not saying that the egalitarians which means perfectly equal or all you know all things being equal I'm not saying that they would say, oh, we don't fit together. But what what I'm saying is that complementarianism goes so far as to say that, okay, not only in, in, uh, you know, many ways does a man and a woman fit together, but in their roles, their roles are separate and distinct and they fill those roles according to the way that God has designed that we fill them so that they complement each other. So Mm -hmm. in the case with, uh, with, with what we're about to get into, we're talking largely about headship and about, uh, you know, stru- authoritarian structures. The egalitarian will say, 
the authoritarian structures are absolutely unacceptable. You cannot have a hierarchy. You have just the man and the woman in the relationship. There's no hierarchy. Mm -hmm. But complementarianism goes off of Ephesians 5. Which will be our, 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 our prim primary text tonight. And we're going to really look at that. Some other verses will come to mind as well. But we want to really dive deep into the into Ephesians Wait, 5. Wait, why yeah. would we dive deep? Well, maybe it has something to do with our name. But be, that doesn't make any sense uh, at all. Before I start, though, um, ladies, do you have something to add to, to as an opening comment to tonight? Um, I think... Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about when Lance was talking about how perfectly, um, you know, we were created to fit. One of the things I was really thinking about earlier and that I've um, actually actually written a little bit about um, is the reality that woman, she, um, she was created not only from man. She, she, we have we have Genesis and Genesis, it tells us that um the woman was made from the man's rib, right? And so she's not only created from him, but she was created for him. Uh, Eve actually had a unique, uh, beautiful um, thing that, I mean, no other creation had, was created for uh, Adam, with which pretty much meant, you know, this, like when Adam was walking through the garden before Eve was created, um, I just I just think this is beautiful because it's God's view of, of showing how precious um, his creations are and, and Eve being his last creation uh, really stuck home with me was the fact that she she was the last to be created and Adam as he's naming all the animals God is is basically walking him through the garden showing him hey look uh, here is two elephants you named them elephants. There is a male and a female of that. And here are two cats. And there's a male and female of that. And then Adam sees, wait, 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 wait. What's going on? You know, there's only one of me. And so now you have uh, God then telling Adam that I'm going to put you to sleep. And I'm going to show you something I have just for you. And so to kind of open us, there, there's a reality that woman uh, was created for man in a unique way that just bonds the two together that um, and that's really the whole reality of complementarianism that I just really see is that there's a unique bond that's like a puzzle piece that's put together. Reagan? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say uh, um, I love you, Sarah. Uh, she's my, she's the positive one and I'm always comes I always come off with as a negative one, but it is not always easy to do that. It's not always easy to come together and complement each other. Um, it involves a lot of dying to yourself, yeah. a lot of giving up your pride, putting mm -hmm. others before yourself. And I, I think that marriage is a perfect example of the gospel because you, it is loving somebody unconditionally despite what they've done, what they've mm -hmm. said, how they've yeah. reacted. Uh, it's serving each other. Um, it's just un until you accept Christ in your life and... Um, get married or whatever, or be in a committed relationship, you really don't understand how to fully forgive somebody. Yeah. Um, oh, and to also forgive yourself. I mean, this tonight was very, very hard for me to even be here. I actually canceled until three or four hours before the show because anxiety of, I, 
I know what it takes to be a godly woman, a godly wife, and I fail at it every day. Um, my idea of of being a godly wife is serving my God as a wife to my husband and my husband's just reaping the benefits. It's me being a servant to God. So whenever I fail at being a godly wife, I am failing God and that hurts me even more. Yeah. Um, and I know that, I don't know if that's okay to say that it, yeah, yeah. say it, that hurts me, but it's very convicting coming, you know, talking about this stuff because you see where you, where you, where lack. you lack yeah. and um, that we're not perfect. <clears throat> Sarah said something very important, creation. We're created male and female. We are created in the image of God, and we are created um, for one another as male and as, as a married, in a marriage partner. Jesus said from the beginning, you know, I've created them male and female mm-hmm. uh, so that mm-hmm. the two shall become one. We want to show tonight. That's a hard that, enough thing to accept for this culture. Exactly. Yes, really the science, that by itself. <laughs> I want to show some science behind that. We want, and I want to show some, mainly the scripture and, and the responsibilities yeah. that come yeah. in this. Yeah. Okay, they're great. But the responsibilities are, we're able to bear under that load because we have a savior that we can cast our burdens on. Right, right. Okay. And, and, and you well, know, we have to recognize that the majority of the responsibility, of course, is on the woman's side because the man <laughs> just gets to sit there and reap all the benefits, right? Right? <laughs> Maybe. Well, not so. <laughs> we would, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. So we're not hard complementarian is what you're saying? No, but I like <laughs> the idea that compliments, okay, complementary, meaning that we're, we're, we're more like two pieces of a puzzle that fit together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that yeah. that's the important thing is that um, it's well, not, it's not, we're not in ad, an adversarial relationship. Yeah. The world paints what marriage does adversarial mean? as an ad, adversarial means that it's kind of like on guard, you know, ah. we, yeah. we've got to, we're <laughs> sword fighting each other. I shall may, yes, may run the, you through, yes, swine. Exactly. We're not in a sword fight <laughs> with each other. We're not in a street fight with each other. Oh, street fights are even worse. It's right. We are supposed <laughs> to be <laughs> in unison. That's yeah. right. With one Wait, another whoa, 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 whoa. and in with God. So you think we could probably make this out to be a chord, like yes. a musical chord, where I sing <clears throat> C and then somebody else sings D? Oh my gosh, somebody who knows music is going to get on to me. Yeah. That's not a chord. Anyways, when we sing three separate notes. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. That actually could be an analogy for, uh, you know, the husband, the wife, and God. Or and God before, and before the show, Sarah mentioned the dance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's almost dance. like a dance. Mm-hmm. So let, let, without yes. further ado, let me yes. get into uh, let me get into Ephesians. That was 5. like a what a twenty minute opening. Mm-hmm. I want to start. I'm going to read it's Ephesians uh, from the point where we are going to mainly cover. But I want to also uh, realize that um, before we get into Ephesians five, I want to just briefly review ah. verses one through twenty one, and that's this is an important review because if you read Ephesians. Ephesians is is a very good basic primer on doctrine, Christian living, order, how yeah, yeah. God sets things aright. And as you said, Lance, before verses one and or chapters one and two and three goes into the aspect that um, the gospel is preeminent, and and Paul paints the picture that the gospel is it. It's where we draw our. It's where we draw our power, our strength from, and what God has done for us, not what we've done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into once that's nailed down, then we get into talking about how we are to live practically. 
in in Ephesians. And l- let me add that um, that that what you're saying is effectively that the first three chapters are here's the gospel, and then the last three chapters are and here's how it works out in your life. Exactly, and here's your responsibility. So yes. let me just give you. I'm just going to run down through this, and why I say this is because. Paul is not, when he's covering the teaching, and when we look at the teaching on husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, it's not because that's the main point of Ephesians 5. It's part of the point, okay? He's making Mm -hmm. huge Mm -hmm. statements about behavior on all of our parts, male and female, child, children as well, and adults. Mm -hmm. Verse 1, we're exhorted to be followers of God as children. We're supposed to walk in love. In verse 3, we're supposed to avoid fornication, uncleanliness, covetousness. Not even supposed to be named among us. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 5, we're not supposed to be whoremongers or unclean persons or covetous or idolaters. Um, we're supposed to not be deceived with vain words. We're, we, uh, we were once dark and now we're light. Mm-hmm. Um, we're to prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. We're not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're supposed to reprove them. We're to walk circumspectly, which means 360 degrees with mm-hmm. our head basically mm-hmm. on a swivel. Not as fools, but wise. We're supposed to redeem the time in verse 16. Uh, we're not to be unwise, but we're supposed to understand God's will. We're not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. We're supposed to be praising God, making melodies in our hearts to God, giving thanks always to God in Jesus' name. And we're supposed to submit ourselves mutually one to another in the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Paul is sprinting through this chapter with expectations on us all as people. And these are the things that we should have straight in our life, that God's exhorting us as an individual to mm-hmm. be about. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the point where we're married, right? right? And he's coming in in a dead sprint when I read the next passages, okay? Okay, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. As unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Straightforward language. Yeah. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned before, we, Paul is painting a picture that we're supposed to, when he gets to verse 23, uh, no, 22, He's already, God has already built up an expectation level for both men and women mm-hmm. to, to behave, <laughs> if you will. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So here's where it is very important too. When you don't have a believer as a spouse, things are changed in view oh. in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the that, beauty that of change. this is <laughs> that 
it's still your responsibility to follow through on what you're supposed to do, yeah. you know, yeah. mm -hmm. regardless. That's why we're not supposed to be unequally yoked. We should have, we should be in a believer, believing relationship. Why? Because then we're both power, empowered Protects and we're both us. responsible to do exactly what I just read, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So uh, let me, let's open up with the, the wife's section. And I want, I'm going to, I think maybe I'm just going to read what I've done a little bit of study with the Greek, break the words down, define a little bit. Out on what the Bible says for the yes, wife to do? Yes, yes. Because all I heard is it's supposed to submit to me. That's, that's all right. I heard. Uh, well, wife, submit to your own husband. That's it. No more. That's right. Okay. All right. Jethro, why don't you just sit down for a little bit? I will sit down. My okay. wife's going to make me a beer. I don't want no no IPA now. I want I want you to go make me a beer. Okay. You know, yeah. Let me go on here before the comments yeah, sorry, start go ahead. pouring in. Yeah. All right. So wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, unto the Lord. Okay, so that submit word, that's like evil, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think, mm -hmm. ladies? Is that an evil word? Is that, yeah. Uh, it, okay, so I actually, I, I was reading a book, and I forgot to, to bring it up here at the table, but uh, I love this book, and it's called, oh, what was it called? Hold on, I got to come up with it. Um, the one with the lady and, and yes, covering them? Um, that makes all the feminists angry? Yeah, it makes all the feminists angry. It's called... Uh, Something about submitting. It's like um, I'm too weak to submit or something. No, it's something about being. Um, I don't know. If I, if I come up with the title, I'll just tag it in the comments. Oh yeah, yes. tag it in the comments. Tag but it in the comments. In any case, this, this book is about a reality that um, if we can't submit to God first, then how how are we to submit to any authority? Mm -hmm. um, the Bible tells us that uh, we're to submit to the authorities. Like let's say of our of our government, mm -hmm. we are to submit to the authorities of our, our pastor. We're submit to authorities of our of our parents. Where these are all different things before we even get to let's say a husband and wife relationship, and mm -hmm. then you have your husband and wife relationship. But the number one authority we submit to is God, right? Mm -hmm. If we can't learn to submit to God, how are we going to be able to submit? to any other authority. And the reality of that submission is not something that's supposed to be demeaning, like our society wants us to think. Our society goes, submission? Whoa, what mm -hmm. in the world? But Christ is our ultimate example of submission, for he submitted to his father unto death. Mm -hmm. You know, even even at the Garden of Gethsemane, he, you know, he's like, if, if you know, you if I take this cup, you know, uh, please let it pass. But if, if not my will, I want it to be your will. And so the reality that, that Jesus is our ultimate example of submission um, should should not only help us to understand as wives how to submit, mm -hmm. but as husbands as well. Because there's a reality of if we can't submit to the Lord, then how are we going to submit to any other authority in our life? Well, hold, hold, be, on, hold on, hold on. Because the passage clearly says wives submit to your husbands. It doesn't say... <laughs> husbands then submit to anything it, it doesn't say that right right uh well <laughs> we will, I, just, I tell you what we, we will go into this yes yeah, we, yeah. Will, let me we go, will cover let that me go a little, a little more. farther just, into this because yeah. you're on to something the idea of submission isn't the end of itself for the husband okay mm -hmm. the husband's yeah. like i'm king and you will submit and therefore mm. all my agenda is now the forefront of everything mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. no we will show that the agenda that the husband's supposed to be about is the agenda about his family in advancing the kingdom of God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so the the idea of submission and we ha let me we, we need to talk about this. Okay, submit uh, that that's a present imperative. Okay, which means that 
it's a command for future action, which means that it's a continual, that's where you need to keep mm -hmm. yourself aligned with. Um, that word is hupatasso, which is Greek. And I don't know Greek, but I, I have some stuff that I can read and understand a little bit better because they've done the homework. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating. And let me give you the definition of that. It's to subordinate, to, to obey, be under its obedience, subject, submit, self to. Keyword, submit, self to. Okay. See, when we... When we submit to the Lord, we're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we are submitting of our wills. Mm -hmm. The one thing that that arguably that the Lord does not control, <laughs> if I can say this, is our choice to submit to Him, because we have free will, mm -hmm. right? I can submit of my free will to the Lord. The same idea is that when a woman uh, accepts to be married to a, a man. She is voluntarily laying down her life to be in subjection, not in a way that's, we get the pictures of dungeons and, and, and slavery and all mm -hmm. this. It's, it's the idea of an organization structure. It's, mm -hmm. it's a CEO and then a, a second in, in command and, and you have just different rules. And that's what we're talking about, rules. Let me go on a little farther here with the, the, dictionary, uh, the dictionary definition. To yield to governance or authority, to yield oneself to the authority or will of another, surrender, to permit oneself to be subjected to something, to defer or to consent to abide by the opinion or authority of another. So do you see the idea here is that when a woman enters into this, she's entering it of her own free will. And she is reserving it. And here's where we as men, we have to earn the right, so to say, mm -hmm. to have that privilege of having a woman do that for us. And I think in but my I think, own I think in my own experience I can look back and say, "Oh, what a thing that I really really didn't realize tremendously, you know, a lot about." The thing you keep bringing up is um, basically the the will effectively. And the Bible actually lays out the will as uh, the desire of our heart. So we do what we most desire to do at any given time. And so to say that you submit and it is a, a free choice of the will um, is is a really good point because we are free agents. And so the submission is only really submission when it is an act of the free choice of the will. Right. When the will desires it, when you desire it the most, when it comes from the heart. So if if I say to God, because I was joking about the whole not submitting thing earlier, you know, men, but of course, men must submit to the Lord. That is our, Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is the one who holds lordship over us. And so we must submit to him as the Lord, as our Lord has submitted to the heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And so submission, as anyone knows, looks nothing like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to do this, but I'm like, I want to die. <laughs> it's a joyous. Right. It's like, I'm not going to do it willingly, mm -hmm. but I'm going to get hurt if I don't do it. So I better do it. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately then, where is the desire? Where, what, what is, when, in that hypothetical circumstance that happens every day with us, that, that the core desire of the person at that moment is, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want something bad to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it's fundamentally a selfish motivation. So the heart is, I don't want to get hurt. And so it's, it's, it's actually not a form of submission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we see in verse 23, it continues on. God sets up the reasons for this. Um, for the husband is the head. Okay, uh, it says, 
in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. This is a reason, okay? Mm -hmm. The head, we have mm -hmm. to define this, and we will talk about that. Mm -hmm. Head is not a identity stealer. It doesn't squash the identity of a woman and, and make her go away mm -hmm. or erase her in any yeah. ways. Mm -hmm. It, it means, go ahead. If I could say something too, and when I was uh, doing more of a study on this, I, I'm actually thankful I'm not the head because the reality is, is men have a lot harder of a role. Yeah. Uh, you know, men are supposed to be like Christ, you know, laying down their life. And if you really understand the reality of, of who, who Christ was and what he did for the church, then there men you, have there, a lot more on their shoulders. And there you go. Then, just bringing into segueing what what I wanted to say that as as for the husband is the head of the church, and this is the thing to the wife, as you're going to do it to me, yeah. as Christ is the head of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's exactly right. very important. In this this head, we need to define what that means. In the Greek, really the head is is it's the top. It's the superior position uh, in authority. Okay not in value or worth mm -hmm. or in that, because that's clearly delineated in scripture that male or female are both equal, okay, mm -hmm. in the sight of God. In value and salvation and the cost of salvation for one another, you know, what God has laid down, God is in the image of both male and female. Mm -hmm. So you, we both contain the image of God. Um, but it's more of an authority structure. Husband, uh, okay, so Christ, now here's where God mixes the husband's role and then Christ's role in, and he's like juxtaposing the duties and responsibilities of the husband and the family with the duties and responsibilities of our Lord in the church. Mm -hmm. Very serious matter here yeah. mm -hmm. for us men if we really think about this. So Christ is the head of the church, head of all principality and power. The concept is godly authority. Supreme and perfect is God, right? It's delegated. That supreme and perfect authority, guess who's, who it's delegated to? The husband. Mm -hmm. Delegated authority comes with responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got something I'd like yes, to add to ahead. that. Uh, since we're segueing into headship, and, and kind of to go off of what Sarah said, men do have um, uh, they're they're above us. If the, if you picture an umbrella, it would be like men, women, and our children, and there's an umbrella effect. But above men, there is God mm -hmm. um, and the church. Um, that is not. Uh, a bad thing to, yeah. to women it is actually a blessing and here's protection. why it is protection uh, a man has to um, whether he likes it or not has to answer for his wife uh, and his family that is a heavy load to bear I don't know that I would want to meet God one day and have to answer for my whole family but that's what Chris is going to have to do it, it goes back to uh, Adam and Eve in the garden whenever, mm -hmm. after they took a bite of the forbidden fruit and God came out, who's the first person he talked to? He was calling for Adam. Where are you? And Adam's like, I'm hiding because I'm naked. He's like, how do you know you're naked? Why? What did you do? Now, this is God asking basically in layman's terms nowadays, what did you allow your wife to do? But that doesn't say that women get off scot-free because then he turns his direction to Eve and he said, what have you done? Mm -hmm. So together they were both removed from the Garden of Eden, not just Eve, not because she ate first and then gave it to Adam or however it went. They are complementary. They are yeah. together and they got removed out. Mm -hmm. So uh, men do have a heavier responsibility for their family. And I, um, it is a blessing. It's kind of the woman, to, in a, a weird way, it's kind of the woman taking the easy way out. I would say like in a weird, I don't know if I have the right terms, but the 
it is all on the man for his family. And I, it wasn't until I learned that with, um, you know, with studies and, and understanding yeah. it that I really, um, I've probably made my husband's life miserable. So, so <laughs> I think that's that something comments. that has to be learned. Mm -hmm. You know, it is something that, um, you know, we don't think about until we truly see it and displayed and, and really the reality of what, what, um, God has created is, 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 is perfect. And if we understand it correctly, then it's, then it, you know, we find ourselves, wow, well, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. So those are really great comments because the fact is that, um, we as men are going to answer to God for either the, for, for one of the two sins. We talked about it before the shows, the, the, a man who is in a uh, marriage can fall into one of two extremes and therefore fall into sin. And the one extreme is to be domineering, to dominate the woman mm -hmm. and to, and, and dominating looks like a man who is utilizing the woman for his own perceived uh, flourishes, needs and desires. So he effectively says, I'm going to use this other person as a means to procure what I think I need. And on the flip side, on the opposite side, there is the totally passive where it's like, whatever, whatever happens, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not just, you know, whatever she wants to do is I'm going to let it happen mm -hmm. because that man is not taking up his role as a head. He is not leading his family spiritually. He is basically just given the reins over to his wife. And it's not to say that he's saying uh, that if he or, you know, says, oh, well, I got to take the reins. You're not capable, woman. Um, that's that's not at all what he's saying. When when a man, you know, takes up his role as a head, as a leader, he's accepting the role that God has given him. He's saying, OK, God, you know best. Right. I do not know best. And we're going to cover more of that when we get into talking about the, the, the husband's responsibility, and those are very good points that we'll revisit. Mm -hmm. um, well, to counter that, can I add to yes, that? Yes, go right the ahead. Counter, <laughs> to the reality of, it's not just, if you look at it from the wife's perspective too, there's that same flip side yeah. of the coin. She can either be extremely passive and let her husband walk, walk all, all over her, her mm -hmm. or she can be extremely aggressive and cause him to shrivel up. And both of those two things are not, you know, the way the Bible tells us that we right, should because be it, as women. Because it will not advance the kingdom yeah. of God. Yeah. It's, right. not, it's not, right. it's not, it's not loving will be your spouse and bringing We them will closer. have problems. We will not be doing the role that what God wants us to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. So they had the definition of headship in the dictionary, just Webster's leader, place of leadership, command. It represents authority, uh, the power to give orders and make decisions. You know, because when people, what does that mean, headship? Well, what it means is that the husband doesn't mean that he's going to make all the decisions and mm -hmm. all of the, th he's going to be the person who's responsible to make the hard call. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I like um, going through the marriage class that you had guys put on by Keller, Timothy Keller. Yeah. It's up to the individual couple to, de to decide just how that's going to flow in their relationship, mm -hmm. which I think is very important because personalities, uh, life's, life, circumstances, um, just those presuppositions play a big part in how a couple wants to function together. Mm -hmm. Some women will say, I prefer my husband to make majority of the, the decisions. Some women will say, I would like to be in on all the decisions, but I'll defer, you know what I'm saying, when I need to. There's nothing wrong with any of those. Those can be worked out. 
The idea is though the buck stops here kind of thing, yeah. you know. So you have the the husband representing the authority in the home. Verse twenty four goes on then to to kind of help even make the kind of nail this down. Therefore, meaning to the women, as the church is subject unto Christ, right? Because mm -hmm. we're supposed to be subject unto Him. Uh, this is an established truth, right? So this is a guideline to interpret this correctly. Let the wives be subject to their own husbands. And then it goes on to say this, in everything. It's tough. Yeah. Okay? Because if you look at it from the perspective of a rights-based type of thinking, in everything, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you look at... You're presupposing that the man is going to invade your space and make all your yeah, decisions yeah. on It's going to suddenly become micromanagement. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell Sarah everything. Uh -huh. Lovey, wrong color. Go put another color on. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. it, that's that's the automatic thing that goes in our does mind. Does that happen? Yes. Yeah, it does and happen. It's, and, and this is a good point. Folks, if you have questions, feel free to to type them in. Okay, we, we like to field them. Yes. But this is very important. We're talking about the mean center of the marriage, meaning the average marriages we're talking about. We're not talking right. about outliers right. because the outlier marriages that, that are broken that need professional intervention, those that have physical beatings and, and we're talking all manner of trauma and abuse and stuff yeah. like that. Those that are in physical danger need yeah. to do two things. Get out now yeah. and call the police. Right. Amen. They need the protection of the authorities <laughs> because that's what God said. Yeah. I yeah. put the authorities in place, mm -hmm. right, to protect uh, people from evil, you know, yeah. To, yeah. To, to punish evil and reward good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's And that idea. includes the civil authorities. So mm -hmm. we, we cannot as a church just just say, oh, don't worry, we won't get the police involved. We'll handle this. This guy has been beating right. his wife. No, no, we mm -hmm. have to call the police. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has to be brought to justice by the civil authorities because Romans 13 tells us very clearly that God has placed the civil authorities in the position to punish, to exercise judgment on these people. Basically, yes. they are his means right yeah. now. It's going to be more later. Your, and think about your, your you're, a, you're a boss. I'm yeah. a boss. Yeah. Okay, we have people yeah. under us, right? We have an authority uh, structure that we don't have the liberty to go out and just push people around under us, our subordinates. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. You don't, we, you don't say, hey, get over there and get me that pop or, you know. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't, we don't have that authority? Lunch. No, we don't, man. Oh, man, if I got to change doing my that, management you're in style. trouble, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. I've been having my, 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 my green apprentices give me foot rubs every day. It's been nice. <laughs> we have to operate in the scope of responsibility oh. of what we have the authority for. Yeah, that's Because remember, that's all authority is delegated to us anyways but, because we figured this out. It let, was delegated. As, I mean, we're exploring the topic of, of like if somebody is in physical danger and you should go to the police, you should get out of there, but you should also go to your local church for protection as well. Yes. Yeah. You know, so the court systems and the police are there to act as one wing of defense and then you know your pastor is supposed to stand up and say no we're protecting this woman we will you know prevent this from happening even if we has to go so far as to beat the guy up i mean yeah yeah, yeah. we yeah so we kind of know you just do that yeah, yeah we do yeah. we're looking right in that camera yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> he's looking at you luke <laughs> here's the thing prevention though in in believing proper doctrine and teaching the bible keeps that kind of thing at a bay yeah okay yeah but that's the idea is when we depart from truth and we don't daily take that in you know what i'm saying then we're in trouble okay yeah, yeah. we yeah. can be open to all kinds of things so that's the wife's responsibility 
okay, clear in what from the scriptures. Submit and everything. Now let's talk about. Mm, yeah, in a sense, <laughs> but I mean, but not Submit. in a sense. Again, no, no, well, and we have to we, add right if, here, right now. Right now, we've only, we've only inflated the left side of the car tires. Okay? Yeah, I know. So we're I still know. kind of lopsided what I'm saying is, in our when, approach. When you say submit and everything, remember that the automatic response is to interpret that through a postmodern enlightenment contract. That, yes. Like like what we have nowadays, the way we think, it's like you watch TV, you listen to music, and it and it paints your interpretation matrix. And when you hear submit and everything, you're like, <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. And even me just saying it right then and there mm-hmm. makes you go, oh man, that still doesn't sound good. But again, We've got to interpret this from a biblical context. Go ahead, Lovey. Sorry. Yeah. So um, the submit and everything, and I love, I love that you brought that up too, because the reality is, is when we do submit and everything, we we are we are looking at our husband with the perspective of he is following the Lord, right? And so in in my submitting and everything to Lance, it means that when when Lance is right with the Lord and he is following the Lord. I am to submit to him in everything. But if I see Lance, for example, let's say that um, he started beating me or something like that. <laughs> Just <laughs> wow. shoot me in the head if that ever Which happens. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of opposite in our case. Any case, so um, let's let's say that that was the case then. It would be my job because Lance is now sinning and he is not doing as the Lord has commanded him to do. It is now my job as his wife and as his helper to get him help. And so it may, mm, it wouldn't mm, be mm. that I would be like, I hate you. I'm going to divorce you. No, it would be like, Lance, you have an anger issue. And, and, and I am going to use the other authorities in my life. Number there. one, the yeah. Lord. Number two, my pastor. Number three, you know, the police. Because But you your know, heart, that's, Sarah, is a heart of restoration. Yes. That's exactly. Heart, it's a heart exactly. of restoration. Right I want to restore him, not hurt him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and also, we need to, when we get into talking about the men's roles, the man has to have a heart, more so, a heart of restoration. Okay, mm-hmm. because when we talk, when I bring up some of the biological differences between men and women, you're going to go, ah, no, duh, no wonder this is the way this is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, let's segue into the husband's responsibility. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hold on, just for one second. Yeah, Can right I? I was before I go. forget because I'm spaghetti-brained. Um, Sarah said help, that she would help Lance. And I'm glad that she brought that up because uh, somebody, <laughs> not, not for you, but some, well, somebody in it. our church had um, originally started doing several, several years ago, the help meet books by the Pearl family, becoming his help me and needing a help me. I think that's the titles, Pearl's the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, the big I, controversy there. Yeah, it, they're very, very hard books to read because, like I said, it is dying to yourself. And there's a lot of things that I was taught as a as a, a young girl by a single dad is I'm, he taught me you don't need a man. I'm going to teach you how to sharpen lawnmower blades, change lawnmower blades, lay tile, change a toilet, ch- put in ceiling fans. You don't need a man to do this for you. You've got, but in the back you know of my guys mind, who don't know how to do that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot, but <laughs> so my thing is it's been embedded in me. Now I know he, what he meant by that. He was protecting you because he wanted nobody around you. Yes. But yes. that, that gets my <laughs> yeah. attitude. My gallo attitude is I don't need no man to make me happy. I don't need this and that. And before the show, I was telling George that 
this happens so many times when you say, I don't need a man. All of us needed a man. All of us at this table needed a man. And it was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and until we, like Sarah said before, until we can submit to Jesus, we're never going to submit to our husband's authority. And yeah. it is hard. Um, there's, a, there's always stages of refining yeah. Uh, your walk with with Christ and your spiritual life. I'm going through a season of refining right now, and it's hard. Um, you know, I might submit one way, but not the other, because it's still I haven't died to myself to there. You know, mm-hmm. to that extent. So yeah. well, um, we're in continual uh, sanctification, of working through our life, becoming closer to the image of Christ. But mm-hmm. we're not there yet. None of us are. Right. But we are uh, there to be a help meet. Yeah. We help our husbands meet uh, what God has set out for him to lead his family to. Mm-hmm. Help him meet his, uh, in, in his ministry. You know, mm-hmm. there was a time that Chris was doing prison ministry. And um, while I never got to go with him, because at the time I was kind of scared, um, if he needed help ordering Bibles or something, I did that. I never did, you know, I helped try to encourage him to, you know, do certain things. Uh, you're supposed to help along those lines of ministry. You're supposed to help him um, even make decisions. You know, even though he's above you, whenever you give him that, when you submit to your husband, he's going to elevate you up to where now you're his trusted confidant. Now, you know, there's a lot of women nowadays that will say, well, we're equal. Our sin was equal. God saves us equally, this and that true but the headship puts you back down here and it's not until your husband elevates you up here that you can say that so the women that are saying we're equal this and that it's just it's feminism to me that's uh sickening and it also holds me back because i'm like a sponge and i get sucked into it and i'm like yeah women's rights like (laughs) when 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 either of the of the spouse when the man or the woman becomes self-absorbed okay if the man becomes self-absorbed in his in his leadership or the woman becomes self-absorbed in her servantship or helpiness, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing is is off the rails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. again, we're losing track of the reason why we're together. Mm-hmm. The greater kingdom work is at stake, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the fears that women have is they're going to lose their identity because they attach themselves to a man mm-hmm. who happens to be an immediate superior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In some things, right? But if the man is operating the way Jesus operates, he's going to allow his wife to express her gifts, just uh-huh. as yeah. the not church a, not is that, supposed to express I would gifts. add that um, in many ways, the husband who is the head of the wife will, because he's seeking out ultimately the glory of God, mm-hmm. that's the goal of everything, seeking out the yeah. glory of God. You know, the Westminster Confession says, uh, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but we are... Wait, this that's the New City Catechism. Yeah, that's anyways, New City. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyways, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but we belong to but God. Belong to God. And that, uh, the, oh yeah, the, the Westminster Confession says that we are, that, that what what is the purpose of man, I'm getting this off, but then that we know God and enjoy him forever. Yeah, and so if and, and we bring glory to God in that way. Well, the husband is going to be looking to his wife, and as the male headship, as as the leader, he's going to look at her and say, "Okay, what is she good at? Now, yeah. let me go in here and let me bring this out. And here, you know what? Yeah. Let here's me prop where, this up." Here's where I failed as a husband in that manner. 
really understanding where my, my wife was at and that what gifts and abilities do I need to be fostering here? Mm-hmm. And, and not saying that, no, you need to be part of a teamwork. Sometimes she needs to go solo. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that's where I failed in some of my practical applications. But I think we probably need to move into this husband teaching, okay? Because mm-hmm. we need to figure out the other side of Can the equation. Can I add to everything yeah, that you guys yes. just talked about? That really uh, bring to, to, to kind of just um, really to see the reality of the husband and wife both uh, giving one another the full extent um, to full extent is kind of like um, what Timothy Keller talks about in the dance. You have um, the image of marriage should look like, um, and this is what we talked about at, before um, before we went on live, um, the reality that we should be uh, in this perfect dance. Now, uh, the Trinity dances, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're all equally giving all to each other and so there's this beautiful circle of a dance where all are freely giving everything to one another and they're receiving everything because they're giving everything and so there's a continual give and take that is being given so there's then an overflow and a pouring out Mm -hmm. from god himself and so in our marriage we're a reflection of that Uh, husband and wife and god we are together like a triangle husband, wife, we are coming um, and we are giving fully to the other and to God. The ultimate purpose in our marriage is for ministry. It is for glorifying God with our marriage being that image. So when we are properly doing that, when we're complimenting one another and giving back and forth to one another and both in full on, we are, our goal is to to worship God and to make him more known and to, uh, to, to show his glory. When we're doing that, we're in that perfect dance. We are, yeah. we are what, running around. Remember the book that you were reading, This Momentary Marriage? Or actually, it was that, it was, yes. it was that right there. So um, this, not, not John Piper's book. It was that this one. This is a beautiful It was Francis Chan oh, yes. who, was, who talked about the fact too. that, uh, the, the people, ever after. people get the idea of marriage as being uh, about marriage. Yeah. But the fact is that the Bible is very clear. Marriage is not about marriage, not about the two people together, you know, and trying to live the happiest life you can possibly that. live. Uh, is it a short quote? It's, let's see, let me find the part. Okay, so basically it says the goal of marriage is is not about marriage. Do you know that it that in the race that all runners run, but only the one who receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. It says, basically it talks about how um, because we're so self-centered and less mm-hmm. mission focused, um, singles once radically who serve Jesus now may now spend their days merely improving and enjoying their marriage. Um, so what, oh, hold on, I'm trying to find my my. I actually, I should have highlighted. Sorry, Effectively, guys. saying that uh, that we focus all of our attention on marriage, but marriage is supposed to actually just be another method for us to glorify God and yeah. focus all of our attention on God. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. We don't have time to fight nor to settle down. We are in pursuit of a prize. First Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. We are trying to make as many disciples as possible. Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty. Mm-hmm. As is at, at 
I'm sorry, at as much depth as possible. There will be plenty of time to celebrate when we cross to the finish line. Yep. For now, we just keep running. The reality sorry. of marriage is not to serve and love just one another. It is to yeah. to go towards the ultimate. This there's a run to equip us yeah. to love God more. And I think that's mm-hmm. when uh, that problem that we we're like ultimately self focused is actually part of. There's many reasons, but this part of the reason that the divorce rate is skyrocketing or mm-hmm. has skyrocketed. I think it's actually leveled off now, but it just it used to be basically nothing, and now it's, it's super high comparatively speaking. And the divorce rate skyrocketing because marriages too often, they look at the marriage and they go, this is going to make me happy. Yeah. This is going to make me this happy. This is my ultimate. This is my purpose. This is my rock. And they say, we're going to have a good marriage like this person or that person. But then you're making an idol out of marriage and you're making marriage into something it never was intended to be. And now marriage is is you have this distorted view of marriage and it actually ruins your chance of having a good marriage. Right. Well, and you put your, your hope into a uh, a person made of flesh, a, per, a sinner, and the Bible is very clear about not putting your trust into to man, but only into God, because man's what I think is like frail as the wind or something, as it yeah. said. Mm-hmm. I don't know Toss. what verse that was, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you're essentially making that an idol. And you know, I've heard many women before saying, "Oh, I just can't wait to have a husband, two kids, a car, a three bedroom house, you know, whatever." That's the idol. That's mm-hmm. the that's their the ultimate. perfect. That's middle, their ultimate. That's the middle thing. class idol. Yeah. yeah, and then so when that's you're willing foundation. it there, when you're willing it there, when you're self willing it there, and you're not letting God take control and providing you those things because God is a God of means. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you're just saying that I'm in control of this God. You take the back seat. Yeah, and then sure. that's no way to live because He's going to be like, well, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this, and then you come to me when you're ready, and I'm always that person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the husband's rule in marriage. Let's talk about this. The husband's role is to be the dominating. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Many will say, ah, that's no fair. That's not submission to anybody. That's it's the whole world. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think that that, that, that's easy to do. If the person said that, they didn't hear what he just said. Say it again then. (laughs) Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Okay, how did, how did Christ love the church? And gave himself for it. There. Well, he named there. it, died on the cross. He okay. died right. for the church. So so, we're, so our calling then is he to suffered die. Brutally. But let's, brutally. let's unpack this because... Keep going. Okay. So love is agapio. Okay, this this is, a again, this is a present imperative, just like submission is mm-hmm. for the, the woman's job. Command to do something in the future continuously. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... so it indicates the direction of the will and finding one's joy in something. This is a definition of agapio. God's love towards man, man's love towards God. It's not friendship love, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a friendship love of common interest or phileo love, mm-hmm. uh, that, that type Brotherly of thing, love. erotic Brotherly. love. Eros. It's, it's yeah. built on the will, okay? Mm-hmm. And by dictionary, different, dictionary, dictionary definition. definition, the will is used to express desire, choice, willingness, or consent. It's used to express frequent customary or habitual action. It's used to express determination and insistence and persistence. Now, when you look for that through the lens of what Jesus is doing, we can say he's frequent and he's customary in his actions. He is he is determined and insistent and persistent on making us conform to his image, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the same expression that men in marriages are responsible with. 
Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. supposed to have that same dogged determination. That is the husband's disposition towards his wife. We're supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then, in the sense that God pursues the church always, we're to pursue our wife always. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we know in that First Peter 3.17, it says that live unto your wife according to knowledge. Right? Yeah. It's our responsibility to learn our wife, right? Jesus learns us. He knows us like the back of his hand. Yeah. And he expects us to have at least some kind of knowledge of the object of our love, right? You know? So continue. And, and as he gave himself for it, that's the key verse we talked about, right? That's, that is another Greek term, which I'm not going to pronounce because I'll butcher it. But that gave means to surrender or yield up, yield over. Christ gave his life literally, right? The husband is to give his life figuratively. Mm. Now, the husband's not supposed mm. to go nail himself to the cross. Okay, they'll do nothing. Uh, you'll lose your income. Thank right? goodness. Okay. Thank goodness. But, I had a cross ready and everything. <laughs> Look how much my husband loved me. <laughs> now I have nothing. Look how much. That, you okay. know, you know, and the actually, reality is that might be the easy way out sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> it is. But, but we're, to, we're, to, we're supposed to be doing that figuratively, giving our life, yeah. surrendering figuratively. Now, yeah. hold on. We talked about complementarianism. Mm-hmm. And this is I this is point has to come out, right? It's a symbiotic symbiotic relationship is it symbiotic? Symbiotic, yeah, symbiotic yeah. relationship, right? So picture this, right? The wife yields to the husband's leadership, right? Then the then uh let me, let me, the wife yields to his leadership while the husband yields his life for the family. Mm-hmm. All of his pursuits, his goals, his plans, his dreams, everything in the husband's being is all family-centric and not self-centric. If a husband performs that way, the wife is like never going to go anywhere. You You are not describing (laughs) the modern American man, my friend. (laughs) Because this, why is the wife not going to leave? Because this provides the security his wife needs to yield to his leadership. Mm-hmm. We have to trust our leaders, right? I've always, I've always said it. There's, there's this, this common cultural thing that they say, man, the whole idea of the Bible's uh, roles and it's just so demeaning to women. Obviously, they never read the Bible, but they, there, there are those statements so demeaning to women. And I, I, when I, when I think about it, I think that if you knew or if you actually experienced the type of man the Bible commands us men to be, then you would be like, every man should be like that. Every mm-hmm. every man, you know, right. because the type of man we're commanded to be is a pretty high bar. And mm-hmm. we're worse than an infidel, by the way, if we don't. Yeah. Because I believe that's directed towards uh, men. We're okay? Christians. We're not Muslims. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> But that's what's in the lingo. Okay. Yeah, which version? You like which version? The King's English. Okay? Well, you're going to get used to You that, need a modern right? translation, right. my friend. You need to so go with an ESV. Go. So now now people <laughs> or are going to... Or a NASBA for you, Luke. Now Luke, people are going to awesome. say this, right? They're going to say, well, wait a minute. Uh, family-centric. What is, how is that demonstrated by Jesus? Well, I would argue that Jesus oh is gosh. family-centric oh, too. Yeah. In every way. Why, yeah. why is, we, we understand that we become children of God already. The, the picture is painted that we have a family of God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is family-centric. 
Why? It's because he'll never leave us or forsake us. Once he adopts us, we're in. We're never going to be cast out. He washes and cleanses us. He's our shepherd. I know we could go on and on and on about how Jesus will expend himself for his bride. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is is our comforter. He is our he's our instructor. He's our just he is he is wonderful. By the way, if you don't if you didn't know the Holy Spirit's person and uh, yeah. we won't get into all that. Yeah, but that's another topic. Yeah, it's another, another topic. But the idea is, is we're supposed to love as our own bodies, okay? Now, here's where we get hiccups coming, right? Because some mm-hmm. people don't love themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not here to debate whether or not, okay, well, if the man hates himself, he's he's not going to do what he's supposed to be doing. I honestly believe he won't, okay? Because if a man hates himself, he's, he's jacked up with God. He's jacked up with a lot of things that needs to get straight, mm-hmm. okay? And here's where that grace and that restoration spirit and all of this would come into play. And I would argue that a lot of addictions, okay, are rooted in that that basic problem, okay? But the point is, is that we as men are, the women are, are is submitting her rights over, in a sense, the, the right for someone to make decisions for her. We're surrendering our life mm-hmm. for our wife. That's the way it should be, right? I wasn't perfect in that. I know you're not, okay? And <laughs> I know that everybody... Thanks, bro. I know, that, I know that any man listening to this is not, okay? Yeah. So the fact is, is that we've got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. But because we're not perfect in this doesn't mean this isn't perfect. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect because this is what we strive to accomplish. Right, just because an ideal is... Right. Um, is not executed properly does not mean that the ideal is invalid on the face of it. Exactly. An ideal is something that is, uh, by definition, kind of difficult to get to because it's ideal. It is the best. Right. And we, in our sin nature, we can't necessarily you know, reach that right now, no matter what John Wesley has to say. And exactly. so we are kind of stuck where we're stuck and we're, we're working towards with the Holy Spirit. And we are, you know, steadily day by day becoming more like Christ. And so the ideal, the true ideal, the real ideal for us to adhere to is in the Bible. Yeah, and, and reading in some of these verse 26 to verse 32, there's a lot in there to be said about giving us men a picture of how Jesus is loving the church and how he's washing the, the church with the word. And these are meant as pictures to say, this is how it's done perfectly. Now you go do it as, you know, in, in yeah. the spirit of how I do it. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. um, but the last verse, and we'll, we'll stop here with this. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, here's one last uh, thing to the wife, right? We need to break that down a little bit. Reverence her husband. At that Greek term's phobio, okay? That means fearish reverence, mm-hmm. okay? Dictionary means to honor or respect that is felt for or shown to someone or something, a gesture of respect. Again, respect comes out, a feeling of admiring someone and or something that is good, valuable, and important feeling or understanding that someone or something is important and to be treated in an appropriate way, high regard and esteem. Okay. Yeah. So God is commanding the wife that. 
puzzling to some sometimes. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you mean? And even some men would say, what? High regard. Yeah. That's a hard yeah, one. I mean, Especially if the wife doesn't feel respect for her husband, where the husband has actually destroyed that respect. Right. And yeah. the wife's like, I can't have high regard for this guy. Yeah. Right. But then I would say that it's that, that you know, as long as you're safe as a woman and you're yeah. not in any emotional or physical danger, then you need to say, all right, let's help him get to the point where he, I can, you know. And we need to be very, yeah. very clear, laser beam on emotional, physical danger. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There is, in, in, the, in this movement that's happening out there, okay, there's this idea to put normal pressures in, in, in the average marital problems and elevate them to the state of victimhood and mm-hmm. in abuse. Very, very dangerous because what we're doing is including things in there that really are just for the state of someone to persevere through, mm-hmm. to work through, mm-hmm. to get help in. Yeah. You know, not to press a button yeah. to mm-hmm. nuclear. Just because he leaves the toilet seat up, exactly. is, that's yeah. not that's not his right sign that he's trying to make you submit to him. <laughs> differences of opinions; these things are not right. The brevity of what is being talked about in abuse. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that's just normal, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, emotional abuse, which needs to stop, and yeah. you need to seek help immediately, yeah. would be like he's constantly literally saying that you are the worst person on the planet. And I, that right. might even be an extreme example Physically or a normal. Saying, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just yeah, like saying you're, you're just, just worthless. He's, you're like the dog. He's, or, yeah, he is, you know, he's trying to tear you, know. you down as much as he possibly can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very few, I don't know very few, but hopefully very few guys actually do that. Yeah. Um, and But it happens. Yeah. And in those cases, yeah, you need to go to, go to your pastor. You need to, to get out of there and mm-hmm. you need to have your pastor go beat that guy up. So let, let me start with my last question then. I want to ask some questions regarding what we just learned okay, in the scriptures, okay? So is the husband to love his wife unconditionally? Ladies? I say yes. I mean, the Bible's clear, the Word's clear that uh, the husband's supposed to love his wife just as Christ loves us, loves him, which is unconditionally, no matter what sin, no matter adultery, adultery, lying, cheating, murdering, whatever it is, you love them unconditionally, just as he loves the church as well. Um, and and, so, and we talked about men's problems. There is a whole host of things that, that women can get involved in that would stay stray outside of the marriage mm-hmm. and, and have their own issues that would be extremely hard for a male to deal with. The goal still is the idea of restoration. The still the mm-hmm. what what true love So love the question does, is what is unconditional? Yeah. yeah. When you say you're are, are you to love your husband unconditionally and I would say the answer is yes. But how it's you have to define what that means. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different. You have to define what love is. You have to define what un- unconditional is. Because, um, well, really, you have to define what love is. Because you're not loving your husband again if you let him abuse you. If you yeah. let him do these things, you're saying you are allowing him to sin effectively. Now, yeah. I'm not trying to say that the woman is at fault in that case. She's absolutely not. Um, yeah, you might catch some flack for that. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, the woman is not at fault in that case. Oftentimes, women, there's some fear too. But in that, you know, to give the woman strength in that case, she mm-hmm. needs to recognize. No, I need for his sake. 
two, I need to get out of here. You know, yeah, for his for sake. His sake. He needs to be in jail right now for his sake. Yeah. Let's pretend yeah. the fact that abuse isn't part of this. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. just let's, let's just let's address the the vast majority of just exactly. disagreements, lifestyle choices, all of these things. Yeah. Does is the it does the husband is the should the husband love his wife unconditionally? Yes. I would I would argue yes. Yeah. I would believe yes. that that. Doesn't, then the, then the opposite question is, does the wife need to respect her husband, honor her husband unconditionally? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, and you really... Um, I Let know. me ask you, before you do this, okay. why is it important, though, from your... Let's just say this. Let's say you blow it, Rangan. Okay. I do. Okay. Every day I blow it in my marriage. <laughs> okay. Let's say you just blow it totally. I think you right? feel yeah. And Chris <laughs> comes up to you and gives you the sweetest expression of, of affirmation of love. Right? Yeah. And and he just basically solidifies the foundation of your heart after mm-hmm. your, what has happened. What does that do for you? It restores me. Yeah, it restores mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah, yep. it's just washing you. It, it, it's so for, bringing you back to where you once were. Yeah, maybe even farther beyond that. Yeah. Right? So then the idea of and then having for us men, when we blow it, okay, mm-hmm. uh, we're not cut to the core necessarily in in love issues, right? Mm-hmm. Although it's part of it, I'm sure. We're cut to the car- core in, in maybe the, and I say this loosely, ego issues issues yeah. in the sense where mm-hmm. we're trying our hardest to be providers, do the right thing, make the right decisions, make the calls, right? Yeah. And when somebody comes up, our wife comes up to us and says, I know you failed, but I know you can get it right the next time. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm, I'm confident in you. I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That to us restores us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or just offering forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Offering yeah. forgiveness is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. And that and, and, and in everyday marriage life, I think that the marriage the married couple that has learned how to succeed is the couple that learns how to forgive. Mm-hmm. Right. When yeah. you say, even in the worst of sins, I forgive you, mm-hmm. that doesn't always mean that you know, it's gonna that go it's away. okay. Yeah, it or doesn't that mean it's, it's okay. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it can be it can be any number, any type of sin. But again. the forgiveness okay. is just a it's it's a let's start the restorative process, like you were yeah. talking about. It's the the point that we should what we should be seeking after as a husband and as a wife is restoration. That's the heart behind why we do what we do. So, in we light of all this tremendous push to redefine the roles in husbands and wives, mm-hmm. and even marriage itself. Culture's just trying to push us, right? Push marriage to the brink of change. Well, it's already been changed. Why is the biblical view the best? Why is the biblical view the best? I At first I was gonna, just then, I was going to uh, employ my Sunday school uh, tools and just mm-hmm. let there be an awkward silence. Then I realized this is bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> silence is not a good thing. We need to talk. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the why why is the Bible and its its ideals that is set forth the the ultimate? Because first and foremost, the the designer it's it's the owner's manual from the designer. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be the one that actually holds the goods on how to actually use this this product. Mm-hmm. The product is us. Go ahead, Lovey. I'm going to take from Adventures in Odyssey. My kids and I listen to it all the time. Okay, so Wit was sitting in um, his office and he was explaining to the kids how the design of a family should go. 
and he had the kids look at this train set that he had built and he said okay so I'm gonna have you run this train set you're gonna be my engineer and he t called another kid you're gonna be the one who is um, making the turns and so he she showed all the kids uh, the different parts of the train set and then uh, he had another person who was in charge of the track and moving the track so if someone turned, they would move the track and open it. And and his his point was he then had the person who was driving the train go as fast as they could, and then the person who was supposed to turn um, switched the track over to where it would go off the tracks. And he asked the kids in this, um, okay, I've designed this train. Um, is it supposed to go off the tracks? And so the kids were sitting there and they're like, no, the train isn't supposed to go off the tracks. And if you go too fast in the train on the turn, it's going to flip it over. And the reality is the designer created it. He, Wit, had created it to where the train was meant to stay on the tracks, the tracks that he created and meant not to steer off of it. And so the reality is, is God, our creator, created us male and female for one another and this perfect design that he created was not meant to go off the tracks. Right. And so when we think about it this way, our, if we look at it from our creator's perspective, we understand that we were meant to beautifully flow just the way God created us. And I, I like the visceral analogy that you just put before us, because if you think about it in front of a full scale train, you may know, toy train just kind of falls over and plastic might get chipped, but a full scale train, a train wreck is known as well, a train wreck. Yeah. And so, and, and the same can happen within a marriage. The train is moving. And I would argue that when a marriage gets rolling and when you've been in a marriage for a while, you get into certain patterns that you're used to. And that is representative of the train moving. And if the train derails, then oftentimes meltdown occurs. Yeah. And that that is effectively the result of violating the manual. I should have a Bible in front of me. I, it's on my phone. Violating the manual. <laughs> yeah. That's the result. So so when we go in and we say, nah, I got this, God. I don't need to do it your way. And what you said at the very beginning, George, is crucial. Because when we approach the Bible, we oftentimes approach it as a self-help book with the hope that it's going to give us in this one instance mm -hmm. some advice you might appreciate. Mm -hmm. But that's not at all how we mm -hmm. should approach the Bible. First off, the Bible is ultimately not about us. The yeah. Bible is about God. It's right. about Jesus. It's about what he has done. I remember hearing this atheist uh, definition of the Bible, and it was, uh, it is, the Bible is man's search after God. And I was like, nope, wrong. It is God coming down to us. Right. Yeah. And so when we approach the Bible and, and we say, okay, my marriage is kind of having some difficulties. What do I do, God? And he says, well, here's my definition of what a good marriage is. Then you're like, man, I don't know if I can accept that. And then he says, but also there's 
everything else that has yeah. to change, yeah. right? Yeah. So you go through and it's like you you have to be you exhibit the fruits of the spirit and yeah. that you have to uh you know go read love, love is patient, love is kind. Well, love just is, read the 22 verses wrong. before the marriage section. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or Proverbs 31. You were talking about him being in a dead sprint. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. was in a dead sprint, but you have to be in that dead yeah. sprint or the passage that we just read makes no sense. No, yeah. But from the context of a Christian mm-hmm. mindset that passage then is like, well, of course. Yeah. Well, of course. Reagan, what do you think? I think I I agree with all of it because, like Lance said, it's the owner's manual. If you have a problem with your car, you go to the owner's manual. Um, nowadays, you can go on Google and find uh, if your dryer is broken. Uh, sure, you might have a husband that's mechanically inclined, um, like mine is, but sometimes he just don't know exactly what the problem is. So he still has to go to Google and find the manual to see what it is. Um, it's the perfect, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you get this. Um, it's it's perfect it, because it comes yeah. from God. Um, so that's why I think, I think that we should follow the biblical roles of husband and wife and that correlates with marriage because it is perfect. That being said, I like I said, I, I tend to go, uh, I hope this isn't negative, but it is very hard. It is very hard. I don't it's want it. It's hard because it is because the experience yes. of it all yeah. sometimes doesn't work out like the storybook does. Yeah, no. you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. And and we've had several thousands of years to follow this model, and we've seen it's pretty solid and reliable. Yeah, it's just in the modern day that we've questioned this whole thing. You know. Yeah. And whenever civilizations oh, have, philosophy. and whenever oh, civilizations gosh. have departed from the biblical family model, mm-hmm. uh, they've they've disappeared. Yeah. I mean, we can go back in history and probably do a show based on civilizations disappearing because that bedrock was gone. They got yeah. rid of it. So it is trustworthy. It is true. It is, and it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just simply works. And mm-hmm. when you do fail, because nobody on this earth is perfect, not even Lance. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you will you will fail. I don't want that to seem like a Debbie Downer statement, but you will fail at something in this lifetime, something in your marriage, something in your parenting, something at your career, whatever. That is why God has given us the gospel. It's the gospel of grace. Yeah. We yeah. give each other, once we've received that gospel of grace of, I forgive your, I forgive your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um well, you know, we are. We do that to other people. Yeah. We extend that to our husband. We extend that to our children, our best friend who might have said something horrible about us, our boss who yelled at us out of anger. We extend that grace because God has given that grace. Yeah. So while we are not perfect in our roles, uh, for in- the the role of a woman, Prover- uh, Proverbs 31, which I tease Sarah about being that woman all the time, which I know that might irritate her because she'll say I'm not that woman, but we just joke with her about it. I know she's pretty darn close. She's pretty darn close. (laughs) Yes. I maybe have one of those 30 listed things. Maybe. And that's. uh, Didn't you buy the house? The dream? You went out and you purchased land. I purchased. Well, with my my husband's credit and money. Yeah, but that's what a Proverbs 31 wife does. God provided me a husband that provided those means. Yes. But. the point is, if you read Proverbs 31, there's the, she's this, she's this, she's virtuous, she's this, she's this. She makes her own clothes. She does this and this. I will never be that person. Uh, none of us will. None of us yeah. will, but that's why grace is there yeah. to use yeah. it and not abuse it. Right. 
for us to understand that we aren't perfect and how much we need Jesus, even in our marriages. Yeah. And that is the key. When we understand that there are two flawed people within this marriage. Yeah. Mm. And both of us are in desperate need of a savior to walk us through it. We turn to him mm. in those hard moments and we run straight to him when mm -hmm. life gets difficult. Yeah. So we scheduled an hour and a half. We did. For this discussion. We're, actually, we're going we're really on done. strong. And, uh, <laughs> we got 13 minutes. But what I, what I want to say to the audience is that um, we we can answer some questions yeah. if, if you want. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we can definitely. do that. Is yeah. there any questions out there that maybe need? Well, there are comments. There comments. are quite a few comments. Okay. We could go through and read them, but I think that um, we could... I. I I don't know. There, there are quite a few comments. Basically. Okay. Well, then in that situation, then we'll, what we'll do is, you know, I think maybe we'll finish up. Um, maybe if, if you have, leave comments on the Dive Deep site for us. Mm -hmm. And if you want us to maybe have another part two of this, and yeah. maybe if there's some things that you want us to cover that we didn't really cover, that maybe we can join back up and do this another day. Right. Uh, yeah, right. So we could do a part two right of the roles ladies of to do that. Um, all right. I, Reagan said, yeah. Yeah. So, did Reagan actually say yeah? Yes. I just it. feel bad that I told you we, those women like to talk. And you you know that scientifically. I think this is why we need to do the part two, because George has a lot of scientific facts of why no, women think the way. Hey, I, yeah, I know you had that comment about yeah. it. But the fact is that whenever we have guests, we're always going to do a longer show. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you have more. I get that. Thing. But you know, like okay. me and Sarah together, we can just ramble on about True. laundry detergent, yeah. whatever it is. That's we can okay. just go and that, on. And you know what? And that's normal. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. We so, have science to back it. So maybe, <laughs> the next, maybe the next show that we can talk about, we haven't talked about this, is, you know, maybe the difference between male and female. I mean, maybe that's yeah, something yeah, we could yeah. bring up. We could probably get into uh, masculinity uh, and femininity. Yeah, too, let's do that. That's kind of a tough be topic. Next, next topic. Because, you know, the world tries to tell us that there's no such thing and as masculinity. Yeah, we want to show with, without a shadow of a doubt that there is a difference between a man and a woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you have and any you questions that, about that yeah. subject, it yeah. would be yeah. probably good and we to also add wanna, it to We also want to show that Gillette is wrong. Yes. Gillette? Gillette. 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 It's long and complicated. All right. Like the razors? We, well, yeah, hold on, hold on. We, we do have a few more minutes. So now we have to something. get into the long and the short. Okay. All right. But would it, what, what would it be then? Would it be the long and the medium? Oh, we and talked the about it. And the short? We have the long, oh, yeah. short, and the middle. Stuck in the middle. Okay. Long, short, in the middle of it. Yeah. Stuck in the middle with you. That's, so our, that's our song. Yeah. We're in the middle. <laughs> Stuck in the middle. So now, let's start with, I guess, the long of it. Yes. Because that's the first word. The first thing I would like to say is, I thank you so much for your patience with the technical difficulties we had starting this episode out. We started a little bit late and the fact that we've got so much noise in the background, we have we have kids here and whenever you get kids together, they're just there. They get excited. That's just the way they are. Mm -hmm. So um, are you blaming it, this on my kids? I am not actually. It, I can hear my kid more than I can hear your kids. Yeah. Well, so I, I'll take care of that later. Down. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, basically, what I would like to say is that marriage is God's institution. And oftentimes, most of the time, even within a Christian community, we take marriage and make it into man's institution. Mm -hmm. And by making it into man's institution, we are therefore, a, we're relegating it to the realm of opinion and of self-help. And that is exactly where it needs to not be, because then it becomes, again, all about 
just making the best marriage you can possibly make. It becomes this form of materialistic, you know, humanistic, self-centered, you know, spiral into, well, I guess it would be a form of hell. Because you are focusing all your attention on each other and that attention is actually is absolutely not where it's supposed to be focused. So marriage yeah. is not a is is not a man-made institution. Though it is a temporary institution, it is a God-made institution, and as a God-made institution, it is something that must adhere to his uh structure. Mm-hmm. And the short of it is this, and that takeaway point about as the wife submits, yields herself willingly to her leadership the leadership of her husband, and the husband yields all of his life back to the family and to her, mm-hmm. that that is the perfect equation, so to say, of marriage. And I think that both sides then can move together as one flesh. The two shall become one. And then, as, as I will talk about in a future show, science showing the complementary brain of a male and a female, when the male and female brains go together, it makes a super brain, okay? <laughs> that is... Is it like cool. a super yes. computer? Yeah, yeah. super computer. Can you Amazon Prime one? Does it no, do like can't. two or three Damn. gigaflops? It's still, but it's way beyond that. Oh, way it's, before it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's imperfect, but it is a super brain. That's the short of it. Yes. In the middle? Where's the middle? Go ahead, guys. We're starting. You can go ahead. Um. Okay, the middle. Wow is big all right here we go so my um concluding remark would be that uh, this is not a debate (laughs) in conclusion i'm sorry go ahead um uh, really marriage was meant to be a reflection upon the lord and when we see that when we understand that and when we apply that to our own marriage uh, it's harmonious and it's beautiful. And when we um, run to the Lord, when we have issues and resolve them, um, coming together to to fight the issue rather than one another, it it's beautiful and it's harmonious. And so, um, ultimately, you know, our mission in marriage is to reflect the glory of God. I agree with that. I was actually going to say that. Uh, something along the lines that maybe that Lance was talking about is marriage is not the end goal. Marriage is not the thing that we look for. Marriage is just the vehicle to transport glory up to God. So share his, share his glory, share his grace, share his love. It's just one thing out of a million other things that you could use to glorify God and to show God's love and to show Jesus is in you. Um, you can also do it with being a mother. That's a whole, that's a whole different ever mm-hmm. and another thing. Um, I do, you know, our pastor talks about quite often about a legacy, yeah. what legacy you're going to leave behind. Um, not only is this a vehicle to transport glory and love up to, to God, but it, it is also a legacy that we leave behind for our children uh, to model what their um, marriages are going to be like. Yes. Um, we've, he said, you know, when, for example, we use the topic of beer. Um, when did your child, like your child at some point must have seen you drinking a beer to know that it's okay to drink one when he's 21 or whatever, you must have said that this is okay. So by me, uh, acting, 
and living a certain way to Chris, that this now sets the standard for my son. But it also is, and it's a heavy weight to bear, mm-hmm. but it also is a heavy weight for bear for Chris saying, okay, now I'm the man of this family and this is how a man is supposed to control his family or lead his family. I hate to say control because that goes under the whole submission and whipping thing, you know. Um, <laughs> But it is a legacy. It is an instruction manual for our children uh, to visually see us living out the gospel. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Amen. You know, that's great. And I think we will finish on that. uh, In in the next episode? The next episode, we'll, we'll, we'll continue elaborating. We, we didn't have the next episode planned out like we were supposed no. to. Let's I'm sorry, folks. Let's talk about the differences between male and female. So the next one's going to be part two and I think of the roles can, of husband and, and wife. If we can get, Ooh, uh, next one is going to be the roles of man and woman. Oh, let's talk about the differences between and single. Well, that's one point. This one was about the roles of the husband and wife. The next one is going to be talking more in general about the genders. Let's do that. Okay. And let's let's have Sounds the ladies good. come back. Hey, if you will. Does that sound good? You guys and want to come back? Yes. We would love Let's to have you that. back I'll on. I'll be here and in I the will... background. We live here. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you live here now, Reagan? Awesome. Thank <laughs> you, <laughs> listeners. We are dive deep. Thank yes. you for tonight. Yes. It was a good Thank topic. You. And I hope that we uh, we covered it well and that you came away with uh, with extra understanding. And uh, yeah. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. You can catch us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash dive deep podcast. And you can like and subscribe. Well, it's not really subscribing on Facebook, but you can like on there and you can follow along. Um, And then you can find us at divedeep.net for our actual podcast. If you're listening to there, you can go and you can get our live stream, which is every other Thursday at 7 p.m. If we don't have technical difficulties all the way until seven or eight o'clock, unless we have guests, which is then it's 830. Um, So but until next time. Yeah. Ish. Until next time. Soli Deo Gloria. Yes, good night, everybody. Good night.